all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to Body of Christ Real Talk. Hola a todos. Bienvenidos a una verdadera charla sobre el cuerpo de Cristo. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, my boo, for your introduction in English and Spanish. Thank you. Welcome to Body of Christ Real Talk. Hello, everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. And to my night listeners, welcome, welcome once again to Body of Christ Real Talk. I'm going to get right into this. Whoever wanted to hear uh, a good, a good, powerful oration of the book of Revelation. You you know, you got a lot of people out there that can read the book of Revelation, like myself and others. We can read the book of Revelation. Revelation just means the apocalypse is the end times. And Revelation is mean revealing what's going to happen in the end times, you know, during the seven-year tribulation and the setup of the new kingdom of heaven, Jesus' thousand-year reign as the king of kings, lord of lords. And then the, uh, the fullness of times, the new Jerusalem coming down, the new bride, which is Jerusalem coming down and will be set up the, the uh, the new bride coming down is not the body of Christ, but I'm not going to get into that now. It's just the new Jerusalem is the new city. That's the bride that will be coming down and will dwell. There will be a new heaven and a new earth. All those things are so awesome and beautiful in the book of Revelation. Now, the body of Christ, the church will already be in the heavenly places. Now, will we be able to go back and forth? I believe so, but I don't know because the Bible doesn't specifically speak on that. But the church will be gone. During the tribulation period, we will already be called away, taken away. We will be in the blessed hope, which many people know as the rapture. Okay, so for the ones that's listening to me, if you ever wanted to hear, uh, this is going to be audio, of course, the story of the book of Revelation, broken down by different narrators. So it's like a narration of uh the book of Revelation. And it's going to be an hour and 20 minutes long. So I'm going to do the whole thing, you know. So you really have to really listen and get into this. Not only is it a good a dramatization of the book of Revelation, but it breaks down a lot of key points, speculations, opinions, and things that's going to happen in the book of Revelation. Because many scholars and theologians, and, you know, we all have our, you know, uh, I own take a who's who and how this is going to happen no matter what. We can disagree on a lot of things denominationally, traditionally, or whatever, but you cannot deny that the book of Revelation is a very eye-opening book that a lot of people still misunderstand, even the church. 
So I'm going to do this right now. Today is going to be Bible Story Day, and it's going to be the Book of Revelation. I will not be reading it. It will be a video on audio. I love listening to this. You know, I heard it several times, but I just want to give you all a chance, my listeners, to listen to this narration from a great orator. and going to be different speakers, you know, breaking down the Book of Revelation, not verse by verse, but they're going to give you just a picture of the Book of Revelation. You don't have to agree on the tribulation. You don't have to agree who the witnesses are or the 140. It's not nothing about that, but just agree that the book of Revelation is going to take place after the church is gone, which is the body of Christ. So without any further ado, this will be an hour and 30 minutes long. Also, I want you to understand, since I'm letting you listen to it on YouTube, they usually be as in breaks. So you have YouTube, they got it, they come with their breaks and they come with their commercials and different things like that. So I would try my best to cut off every commercial or ad. I know they have to do that, but I don't want them to get bogged down and nothing like that. I want you to hear the full scope of this teaching of the book of Revelation. So this is what we're going to do today. You know, the book of Revelation. This is the book of Revelation in a narration dramatization way. It has great speakers and it has great music and I think you ought to just listen to this event that's going to be one of the most monumental events that ever happened on this earth and we are heading towards that way now you haven't seen nothing and you don't want to be here to go through the book of to go through the tribulation period the seven year tribulation period some people call it the day of the lord you know jacob's trouble it's it's called many things but it's not good times. (laughs) Let me just put it that way. It's not good times. And you do not want to be going through that jazz. All right. Okay. Let's get to the book of Revelation. And I want you to really, really, really listen to what's going on. I'm going to try to get a setup here. Get things out the way. I will not be interrupting like I usually do. Sorry about that, but I will just let you just hit a whole uh, this video on audio. Then I can and then I'll let you know it's, it's from Lion of Judah. This group called Lion of Judah. They got good dramatizations, dramatizations, whatever way you put. I'm bad at my language sometimes, ebonics, I guess. But anyway, here is the Book of Revelation. The Three Demons in the Book of Revelation In the Book of Revelation, many characters are introduced to us, some good and some who are evil. We see the Lord Jesus Christ in the Book of Revelation, which is expected because the Book of Revelation is the revelation of Jesus Christ. If you truly want to know who the Lord Jesus Christ is, open up the Book of Revelation and the Lord Jesus Christ will be revealed to you. We see him in the book of Revelation as the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the Son of Man, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Root of David, the Bridegroom, and the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. In the book of Revelation, we are also introduced to the seven churches. The seven churches of the book of Revelation are Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. These were important sites of early Christianity. In the book of Revelation, we are also introduced to the 144,000. These 144,000 witnesses are selected from the 12 tribes of Israel. They are sealed on their foreheads, and they are servants of the living God. 
In the book of Revelation, we are also introduced to the great multitude. This great multitude of people are those who are converted during the Great Tribulation. In the book of Revelation, we are also introduced to the two witnesses. The identity of the two witnesses of God is not known at present. But what we do know is that these two men are the representatives of God, and they come to witness to the world and perform miracles for three and a half years in Jerusalem. They warn the world and tell the world that all people need to repent of their sins. We are also introduced to dark characters in the book of Revelation, characters that bring destruction along with them. In the book of Revelation, we are introduced to the four horsemen of the apocalypse, and they come with the beginning of sorrows spoken of in Matthew 24, verses 4 through 8. In the book of Revelation, we are also introduced to Abaddon, who is the angel of the bottomless pit. In Hebrew, the name Abaddon means place of destruction. The Greek title Apollyon literally means the destroyer. Abaddon is the leader of the demonic locusts, which will rise out of the abyss when the fifth angel blows his trumpet. In the book of Revelation, we are also introduced to the dragon, who is no one other than the devil, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world, accuser of the brethren, the fallen one. In the book of Revelation, we are introduced to the beast from the sea with seven we all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday and heads and ten horns this is no one other than the antichrist in the book of revelation we are introduced to the, the beast from the earth this is no one other than the false prophet but today we're going to focus on a time where the bible tells us about a three demon spirit that will be set loose on the earth Revelation 16, verse 1 to 15. And I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels, Go your ways, and pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. And the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth, and there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon the men which had the mark of the beast, and upon them which worshipped his image. And the second angel poured out his vial upon the sea, and it became as the blood of a dead man. And every living soul died in the sea. And the third angel poured out his vial upon the rivers and the fountains of waters, and they became blood. And I heard the angels of the waters say, Thou art righteous, O Lord, which art and wast and shall be, because thou hast judged us. For they have shed the blood of saints and prophets, and thou hast given them blood to drink for they are worthy. And I hear another out of the altar say, Even so, Lord God Almighty, 
True and righteous are thy judgments. And the fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun, and power was given unto him to scorch men with fire. And men were scorched with great heat. And blasphemed the name of God, which has power over these plagues. And they represented not to give him glory. And the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seat of the beast. And his kingdom was full of darkness. And they gnawed their tongues for pain. And blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores. And repented not of their deeds. And the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates. And the water thereof was dried up that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet. They are demonic spirits that perform signs and they go out to the kings of the whole world to gather them for the battle on the great day of God Almighty. Behold, I come as a thief Blessed is he that watcheth, and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked, and they see his shame. What are the things these three demons will do? Number one, they will perform great signs and wonders. In other words, they will perform miracles. Revelation chapter 16, verses 13 through 14 says, And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, and out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are the spirits of devils, working miracles, which go forth unto the kings of the earth and of the whole world, to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. It is important to note that one of the devil's primary methods of deception is signs and wonders. Therefore, it is important to note that as a child of God, we should not seek signs and wonders. The Bible clearly tells us that the devil and his demons can perform them. In passages of the Bible, they are described as lying wonders. Revelation 16, verses 13 through 14 is not the only time the devil will use signs and wonders as his tool of deception. If we look at the record of the beast from the sea, who is the Antichrist, and the beast from the earth, who is the false prophet, we see that they too perform signs and wonders to deceive people. Revelation 13 verses 1 through 2 says, And I stood upon the sand of the sea, and saw the beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. And then later on in the same chapter, we see the false prophet performing miracles. Revelation 13, verses 13 through 14 of the King James Version says, And he doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had the power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast, which had the wound by a sword and did live. The Bible does not go into detail regarding the exact miracles those three demons will perform, but what we do know 
is that their miracles will happen in order to deceive people. Number two, they will deceive people. These three demons will go across the world to fulfill the plan of the devil in the book of Revelation. To the natural eye, people won't see what's happening. To the natural eye, it will look like the kings of the east are operating by themselves. The fact that the Bible says they are like frogs doesn't mean they will appear like a frog to humans. To the natural eye, everything will look normal. But the Bible reveals to us that there are three demon spirits that will be pulling the strings in the background. The Bible was just telling us how unclean these spirits are. These unclean spirits are referred to as frogs because the ancient Jewish people regarded frogs as unclean and repulsive. What these demon spirits will aim to do is that they will gather people to battle against God. This is the preparation for the great battle of Armageddon, the time when the children of perdition will want to face the children of God and God himself. They were gathered by the beasts, the false prophets, and these three demons. When all these things are unfolding upon the earth, the church will be already raptured and will not have to endure the things spoken of in Revelation 16. Verse 15 is my favorite verse in this chapter. Jesus says, Revelation 16, verse 15. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked, and they see his shame. In the midst of the preparation of this great battle, there is an assurance from the king of kings the assurance is, he is indeed coming. Jesus is coming. Jesus is closer than ever. He will come as a thief. He will not make a public announcement. He will not distribute flyers to inform you of his coming. He will not secretly come and tell you when he will come because you are prayerful. He will not say that because you have fasted for many days. You should know when he would come. No. Jesus will come like a thief in the night, when people are sleeping, when people have forgotten about heaven, when people have forgotten about their garments, when people have neglected the words of the cross, Jesus would come. He said, blessed is he that watcheth. Jesus is coming soon, and he will not announce his coming. The only announcement you will get is the one you are getting now. What you do with this will determine where your eternity will be. Jude 1 verse 14 and 15 says, And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all, and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their un... We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy. Eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. 
Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologists recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost Water Gel Facial Moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd, only at BJ's. Godly deeds, which they have ungodly committed. And of all their hard speeches, which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. The Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse During his Olivet Discourse, Jesus described what will occur during the end times prior to his return to earth. Matthew 24, verse 21 and 22. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. These are the words of our Lord and Savior. These are the words of our King, the words of the Judge and King of the universe. So let us open up the Word of God and see what the Bible says will take place during the Great Tribulation. We will read a few verses in Revelation chapter 6. However, before we do that, allow me to set the scene. In chapter 5, we see at the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll written inside and on the back, sealed with seven seals. This is Almighty God holding a scroll in his hand. Can you imagine that? The creator of all heaven and earth holding something in his hand. And we see that no one in heaven or on the earth or under the earth is able to open the scroll or to look at it. When John saw that, he began to weep and cry because no one was worthy to open it. But then there was one who was worthy to open the scroll, and it is none other than the Lamb. And the Lamb is none other than Jesus Christ. The only one that has the authority to open it is the Lamb. The only one that has the power to open it is the Lamb. The only one that has the ability to open it is the Lamb. Who else has the right to open up the seals except the Lamb who shed his blood before the foundation of the world? And then we see the Lamb take the book from the one who sits on the throne, the one who is none other than God Almighty. Now let us see the judgments that come upon this earth. 
Revelation 6 verse 1 to 8 And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals and I heard as it were the noise of thunder one of the four beasts saying Come and see And I saw and behold a white horse and he that sat on him had a bow and a crown was given unto him and he went forth conquering and to conquer and when he had opened the second seal I heard the second beast say come and see and there went out another horse that was red and power was given to him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth and that they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword, and when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, Come and see. And I beheld, and lo, a black horse, and he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand, and I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny, and see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. And when he had opened in the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and his name that sat on him was Death, and Hell followed with him. And power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with sword and with hunger and with death and with the beasts of the earth. You know what the opening of these seals tell me is that there is a time coming that the world has never seen before. There is a time coming on this earth that this world is not ready for. Such will be the sight of those great days of tribulation, and mortal men in the end will be led to surrender their own might and acknowledge the greatness of Jesus Christ. They shall then turn to the rocks and say, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits upon the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb, for the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? Revelation 6, verse 1 to 2. Now I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures saying with a voice like thunder, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a white horse. He who sat on it had a bow, and a crown was given to him, and he went out conquering and to conquer. There is something about this first creature from the seal. He was riding a white horse. He also had a crown given to him with a bow. He rode out as a conqueror who is all about conquest. If you read about this particular rider from different Bible scholars, you will find out that there are different meanings given to this rider. The white horse stands for peace. White means peace, and the bow he will use to conquer is an act of making people believe in him. There is one person I believe this scripture is pointing to, and that is the Antichrist. Oops. 
When we hear of the Antichrist, all we think of is the violence. We believe he will wage war and kill many people, which is true, but not initially. In the beginning, he will unite the people of the earth before turning on them. The truth is that he will be on a white horse, which signifies peace. The Antichrist will preach peace and conquer the hearts of many people. Matthew chapter 24 verses 4 through 5 says, Jesus answered, Watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah, and will deceive many. Today, we can already see the stage being set up for the reign of the Antichrist, immersed in the systems, theories, and ideologies of this world through entertainment, politics, economics, education, and science and technology. Children of God must therefore hold firm to the true light of God's word. They will not be conquered by this Antichrist. Number two, the red horse. Revelation chapter 6 verses 3 through 4 says, When he opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature saying, Come and see. Another horse, fiery red, went out. And it was granted to the one who sat on it to take peace from the earth, and that people should kill one another. And there was given to him a great sword. The second rider is riding on a red horse. Red means blood. It signifies wars. The second rider will cause wars. He has a large sword with himself. Jesus mentioned this as the second thing also in Matthew chapter 24, verse 6, when he said, You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Jesus said there will be wars, and he said all these things must happen. The fact that many wars have occurred over the course of history does not mean that this rider has already arrived. After the Antichrist has preached peace, and after he has conquered the hearts of man, the true agenda will come to play. The red horse will come out and do its work. This teaches us that only Jesus, who is the Prince of Peace, can enthrone peace to the world, and not the government or the philosophy of this world. Not the Antichrist, because his peace will be fake and only temporary. We will see Jesus, the Prince of Peace, at work. The Bible foretells a 1,000-year period when Jesus Christ will create on earth a world of peace and justice without war and suffering. This period of time is known as the Millennial Reign of Christ. The peace that will come in this period will even affect the animal kingdom. The prophet Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 through 10, saw a glimpse of the 1,000. through 9 says, The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the young goat. The calf and the young lion and the fatling together and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze. Their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play by the cobra's hole, and the weaned child shall put his hand in the viper's den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. What is described here is a complete change of the animal kingdom a time when the nature of wild animals will be changed. A child will walk among them in safety with no fear. Not only will the animal kingdom be changed, but the state of our lives will be. 
I want to introduce the son of Enoch Methuselah, who is known for being the oldest man in the Bible. He lived to be 969. The Bible tells us that this age will be a normal occurrence for people during this time. We are told that health will improve so much so that not only will we be able to live longer and healthier lives, we will be able to walk amongst animals we wouldn't go anywhere near today. Society will be safer. Children will be able to play on the streets. People won't have to lock their doors. Life will be lived without fear. People can walk home at night with no worry. All this will happen after the Great Tribulation. Why? Because Jesus is the Prince of Peace. The book of Revelation is like no other book. A wise preacher once said there are two books that the devil hates most. Firstly, it is the book of Genesis because it reveals to us the true nature of the devil. And the second book is the book of Revelation because it reveals to us where the devil is going and that is the lake of fire. The book of Revelation shows us where the world is heading. As you read the book of Revelation, you can see that the things that were written in this book 2,000 years ago are slowly but surely coming together and falling into place. The ninth chapter of the book of Revelation shows us a remarkable view into the spirit world. In this chapter, we see the spirit world spilling over into our world. The ninth chapter is probably one of the most controversial chapters in the Bible. The late Wilbur M. Smith, who made the book of Revelation his special study, once wrote, It is probable that, apart from the exact identification of Babylon in Revelation 17 and 18, the meaning of the two judgments in this chapter represents the most difficult major problem in Revelation. This chapter reveals to us the reader's two frightening armies that cause havoc, the army from the pit and the army from the east. But today we are going to focus on the army from the pit, the bottomless pit. A great deal of controversy among biblical scholars surrounds Revelation 9, 1 through 12. Some scholars argue that this is a description of literal locusts that come out of the bottomless pit. Others argue that what comes out of the pit are the decomposing souls of the unsaved. Other scholars argue that this is a description of fighter helicopters that John saw, and because of his time, the only thing he could relate it to was locusts. Others believe that it is an army of demons that will come out of the pit that can only be described as locusts. Let us read Revelation 9, 1 through 12. And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven onto the earth, and to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the pit, as the smoke of a great furnace, and the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and unto them was given power, as the scorpions of the earth have power, and it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God on their foreheads, and to them it was given that they should not kill them. 
but that they should be tormented five months. And their torment was as the torment of a scorpion when he striketh a man. And in those days shall man seek death and shall not find it and shall desire to die and death shall flee from them. And the shapes of the locusts were like unto horses prepared unto battle. And on their heads were as it were crowns like gold and their faces were as the faces of men and they had hair as the hair of women and their teeth were as the teeth of lions and they had breastplates as it were breastplates of iron and the sound of their wings was as the sound of chariots of many horses running to battle and they had tails like unto scorpions and there were stings on their tails and their power was to hurt men five months and they had a king over them which is the angel of the bottomless pit whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon but in the Greek tongue has his name Apollyon one woe is past and behold there come two woes more hereafter John, the man who was shown what will happen in the end time on the island called Patmos, saw something spectacular. He saw that the things that come out of the bottomless pit have a leader, a king that rules over them, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, but in the Greek tongue hath his name Apollon. This story did not start here. We must have been hearing about this name called Apollon. There have been short movies and videos that have been made and titled Apollon. We must have also heard of Apollon the Destroyer before. We may know of this name, but many of us don't know who or what bears this name. We don't know the power of the entity bearing this name, and we don't have the idea of what the entity will do. Many people have believed that this particular being that John talked about was Satan himself. They believed it is another name for Satan because of the title that was given to this angel, the Destroyer. But Apollon cannot be Satan, and I will explain why. Starting from what led to this part of the Bible, John was seeing trumpets sounded by angels and things were happening. As the trumpet sounded, each trumpet presents... We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologist recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin from makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost water gel facial moisturizer. VJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd only at BJ's. A disaster worse than the disaster that preceded it. The fifth, sixth, and seventh trumpets are called the three woes. The fifth trumpet was sounded by the fifth angel and something happened. 
Revelation 9.1 And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth, and to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. John said a star fell from heaven. This same star was given a key to the bottomless pit. The bottomless pit is a place that can only be described as a place of detention for the wicked angels, or the demon's world. If we remember another thing John said about this bottomless pit, it is a place where Satan himself would be locked for a thousand years. We see this in Revelation 23. Here, this pit in Revelation 9, the pit is locked, but someone was given a key to open the bottomless pit. John said a star fell from heaven, and it was given the key to the bottomless pit. We were made to know that this star was a being, and the word he. The use of the word he is used to indicate that it was a being. The exact identity of this being who is given the keys is not known. Some argue it is Satan himself who is given the key, and others argue that it is an angel. The exact identity of this star is not explicitly stated. After the star was given the key, what did he do? The Bible says that he opened the bottomless pit. After he opened it, some locusts that looked like scorpions came out of the pit. The leader of these things was described in Revelation 9:11, whose name is Abaddon in Hebrew, and then Apollon in Greek, meaning the destroyer. The first thing we can know about this Apollon being is that he is locked up in the bottomless pit waiting to be freed. These things all came from a place called the bottomless pit. This should make us know one of the things that are in this place called the bottomless pit. It houses demons, angels of Satan, and all kinds of spirits that these angels control. There must be more angels like Apollon in this pit, but what we are concerned about is the Apollon who was given the power to destroy the earth. The fact that the Bible used the word locust doesn't mean they were ordinary locusts. If we look at the descriptions of these locusts, they look nothing like locusts. Revelation 9, 7-10, KJV. And the shapes of the locusts were like unto horses prepared unto battle, and on their heads were as it were like gold, and their faces were as the faces of men, and they had hair as the hair of women, and their teeth were as the teeth of lions, and they had breastplates, as it were breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings were as the sound of chariots of many horses running to battle, and they had tails like unto scorpions, and there were stings in their tails." and their power was to hurt men five months. These things don't look like locusts. If we know what locusts are, they're like grasshoppers. They have hind legs, which they can use to jump sometimes. They don't have human heads or human hair. They don't have breastplates. They don't have the shape of horses, and they look nothing like horses. That should tell you the description that John gave about these locusts doesn't mean that they look like the actual locusts. But the Bible scholars believe that he called them locusts because of their mission and their number. What do locusts do? The simple answer is, they destroy plants. Except these won't be destroying plants, and typically if you see a locust, you can't number them. They come in their thousands, hundreds of thousands. We see in the Bible that Satan fell with a third of the angels. Therefore, we know that the devil does have beings that work under him. The kingdom of Satan does have a hierarchy. That are some spirits that are evil and more wicked than others. Just like we have the archangels in heaven who lead the other angels in some specific assignments, like fighting battles and delivering the messages of God to human beings, we can see the angel Michael in the book of Daniel helping the angel that was held by the prince of Persia. We can also get the record of his war with the fallen angels and Satan in heaven. 
Revelation 12, 7 through 8, KJV. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought, and his angels, and prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. Angel Michael leads battles, and Apollon on the other side of Satan leads a group of demons or evil spirits that are described as locusts. It doesn't matter how powerful this angel is. It doesn't matter the number of things he can destroy. It doesn't matter the number of armies he has. His powers are limited. No matter how powerful and strong Apollon is, no matter how big his army is, he is not almighty. Only the Lord is almighty. However, the power Apollon will have during this period of time while he is on earth isn't to be played with. There is no better way to end the word of God than with the book of Revelation, the ending, the revealing of things to come. The book of Revelation unfolds to us the future and the things to come. The first book of the Bible is the book of Genesis, the book of the beginnings, where God started it all and created the heavens and the earth by his words. The last book of the Bible is the book of Revelation, where God consummates it all. The Apocalypse of John, where John was caught up into the spirit while he was on the island of Patmos and went forth into the future to see the things yet to come. You and me are living in a time where the book of Revelation is unfolding before our very eyes. The book of Revelation should be more real to you now, more than ever. We are about to see the things that John saw on the island of Patmos. We are living in a time where the main characters of the book of Revelation are all about to take the center stage in human history. The beast of the sea is about to rise up from the depths of the sea. We know this because his spirit is already on earth. The beast of the earth is about to rise up from the depths of the earth. We know this because his spirit is already on the earth. And these two characters will be two of the major characters during the Great Tribulation. The period of time that John spoke of and the period of time that Jesus spoke of, where he stated that unless these days be shortened, there would be no more flesh on the earth. However, during this time of tribulation, during the darkest days of earth, during all the events recorded in the book of Revelation, the Bible tells us that God does not give up on humanity. The Bible tells that John 3 verse 16 is still true. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The Bible tells us that God will send two men, two men, two witnesses to proclaim the love of God and to proclaim the judgment of God. These two witnesses are like no others that have ever walked the face of the earth. Revelation chapter 11 verse 3 says, And I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and threescore days clothed in sackcloth. 
Throughout the corridors of human history, regardless of how dark and evil the times are, God has always had his witnesses. Let the Bible records speak concerning God's witnesses. Noah was his witness in pre-flood days, and for 120 years he preached righteousness until the flood came. Abraham was his witness in Canaan centuries before the Hebrews occupied Canaan. Joseph was his witness in pagan Egypt. Gideon and other judges were his witnesses in the times of the judges when the people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals. Elijah stood for the Lord in the days of wicked Ahab and his wife Jezebel. Daniel was God's faithful witness in Babylon. And even from that point until now, there are witnesses of God in this world. People like you and me. And we see in the book of Revelation at this time, because the church has been raptured and is in heaven at this point, the sealed 144,000 saved from the tribes of Israel will witness for God and lead many souls to Jesus. They will travel all across the world as seen, according to Revelation chapter 7, verses 1 through 10. And then Revelation chapter 11, verse 3 introduces us to two more witnesses. These two men will witness like no other and preach the gospel like no others that have ever preached the gospel. There are many theories or explanations telling us who these two great witnesses are. Some people state the two witnesses are the law and the prophets. Some people say the two witnesses represent the Old and the New Testament. Both of these are incorrect. The two witnesses are actual people to men, not concepts, but actual men who come to preach the gospel to the people who are still on earth at that time. The fact is that the names of these two men are not explicitly written in the book of Revelation. So anyone who says they 100% know who they are is not telling the truth. We can make educated guesses, but it is important to highlight their names are not given to us. Some people say they could be Elijah and Moses. Some say they could be Enoch and Elijah. There are a lot of explanations that we can't give right now due to my time constraints. In my personal opinion, please bear in mind this is my opinion, the two men are Elijah and Moses. And the reason I believe this is because of what happened on the Mount of Transfiguration. Matthew chapter 17, verse 2 through 3 says, And was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias talking with him. These were the two people who appeared to Jesus. What they talked about was not mentioned in the Bible. Biblical scholars who also agree that Elijah is one of the witnesses look to the fourth chapter of the final book of the Old Testament as evidence. Malachi chapter 4, verses 5 through 6, which states, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. More evidence that Elijah is one of the men is that he was also taken up into heaven. He never died. Elijah and Enoch are the only two men in the Old Testament that were raptured. Also, the miracles he performed are similar to the ones of the two witnesses we will look at later on. The second witness could possibly be Moses. Elijah and Moses appeared together on the Mount of Transfiguration, so... They've already appeared together once before on earth. Scholars also believe this is one of the reasons why the devil wanted the body of Moses and Michael the archangel had to guard it. Jude chapter 1 verse 9 says, Yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke thee. And finally, 
The miracles he performed in Egypt are similar to the ones of the two witnesses we will look at later on. It is important to highlight the fact that you and I don't know who they are. God has the power to empower anyone to have the qualities and the abilities of these two witnesses. These witnesses could be anybody from the believers. Or God could even create two witnesses. Only God knows who they are. They have been given the power to do some unimaginable things that we will look into. There's also a time frame that they will come and will live before they are killed. When will the two witnesses come to earth? They will come into the world during the Great Tribulation. Jesus said there would be a Great Tribulation before his second advent, a tribulation that has not been seen before on earth. Matthew chapter 24, verse 21 says, For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. When tribulation period starts, a lot of worldwide events will happen as told in the book of Revelation. The Lamb will open the seals, and each seal is associated with great events on the world as told in Revelation chapter 6. Then we also have the angels that will blow trumpets and some horrible things will happen. The two witnesses will come right after the sixth trumpet and before the seventh trumpet. This means that these witnesses will come during the Great Tribulation. What we should know about this is how great God is to send witnesses to tell people to repent. People will still get a second chance to repent and follow Christ, but not all obey. This is the same thing God will do when he will send his angels to preach the gospel of the Lord so that the world can change. Revelation chapter 14 verse 6 says, And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth, and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people. This shows the love of God for mankind, even in the time of the Great Tribulation. This is God trying to tell the people to repent and change for the better. These two witnesses will come during the Great Tribulation. We now know that they are not coming before the rapture. God has the power to give power to anyone he likes, anyone who's ready to work for him. Who told you that you cannot get the power of God right now? Who told you that you cannot be empowered and do miraculous things? If you are ready to be used by God, he will empower you. You might see yourself as a weak person. You may think you have no power in you and you cannot be used by God. Who told you God is looking for powerful people? If he wanted powerful people, then there would be no need to empower anyone again. God wants you. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27 says... But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. So what are the things these witnesses will do? They will have the power to witness. We call them the two witnesses because of what they have been empowered to do by God. Witnessing is not an easy thing to do. Witnessing must be backed by the power of God. These men will preach like no other men before them. I want you to think of the best sermon you have ever heard. It will fail in comparison to what these men will preach. I remember a gospel town preacher who I used to listen to as a boy. 
When he used to preach, he could preach about hell so well. The actual temperature in the church would rise to the point it would make you repent. Oh, that man could preach hellfire. They will preach like no other man has ever preached before. You and I can't imagine what their sermons will be like. They will preach truth. And because of that, they will be hated. John 3 verse 19, men loved darkness rather than light. One of the things that come with the power of witnessing and preaching gospel message is the mark of God. This mark is called the touch not my anointed. If anyone dares touch those that have been empowered to witness, they will suffer the full consequences of the wrath of God. Never ever go after a man or woman that is called by God. Never ever speak negatively about a man or woman that is called by God. Because if you mess with him or her, you are messing with an eternal spirit being, God Almighty. And if you mess with God, the full force of heaven will be against you. The angels of heaven will be against you. The Bible says in Psalm 105, verse 14 and 15, He suffered no man to do them wrong. Yea, he reproved kings for their sakes, saying, Touch not mine anointed, and do my prophets no harm. This is the same thing that will happen to the witnesses that God will send in the book of Revelation. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologists recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost Water Gel Facial Moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd. Only at BJ's. No one will be able to touch them. Anyone who tries to do so will be dealt with. Revelation 11 verse 5. And if any man will hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth and devoureth their enemies. They will have ability to breathe fire from their mouths. Secondly, they have the power to shut heaven. We have seen this kind of power in two people in the Bible. We can see it in the life of Elijah and Joshua. God gave them power to control the season and nature. They can control the heavens. This kind of power is limited to a few people. It is a power that makes impossible things possible. That is the power of God. Elijah prayed that there should be no rain, and Joshua prayed that the sun stand still and not move. 
These two witnesses will have the same ability to stop the rain. They will also have the ability to start the rain. If anyone has this kind of power, who in this world will be able to hurt them? You can tell the sun what to do. You can tell the rain what to do. That means you are controlling the seasons. Why would God give these two witnesses this kind of power? They are two witnesses. They are telling the world that Jesus is the Son of God. He has died and he resurrected. For the people believe this kind of report. They must show signs that they were sent by God to tell them this truth. If the two witnesses are doing simple but still supernatural things, such as car tricks or repairing and disappearing, the people may think they are some kind of magicians. But a person who can control the seasons and nature shows you unimaginable power, the power of a creator, such power that can only come from God. Revelation 11 verse 6 a these have power to shut heaven, that it rain not in the days of their prophecy. Thirdly, they have the power to strike the earth with plagues. The only person we have seen do this in the Old Testament, when Pharaoh refused to let the children of Israel leave the land of Egypt. He struck them with plagues. These two witnesses have the power to strike the earth with plagues, this is the reason why people will hate them so much and seek to take their life. At the end of their works on earth, the world will capture them and take their lives then. And there will be a time of great celebration. People will celebrate by giving each other gifts because for over three years these men have been untouchable. Let the Bible speak on what will happen. Revelation 11, verse 7 to 12. And when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them, and shall overcome them and kill them. And their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. And they of the people and kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies three days and a an half and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves. And they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them and make merry and shall send gifts one to another because these two prophets tormented them that dwelt on the earth. And after three days and a half, the spirit of life from God entered into them, and they stood upon their feet, and great fear fell upon them which saw them. And they heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them, Come up hither. And they ascended up to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies beheld them. All right, all right, all right. I stopped because we like the halfway point. I'm not finished. 
I'll just stop because we're like 52 minutes into this one hour and 20 minute dramatization of Revelation. I hope you're listening. I hope you're getting something out of it. Maybe you're taking down some scriptures, but if, even if you're not taking down verses, I hope you are listening to this book of Revelation dramatization. And I'm going to give you some information how to go on YouTube and look up this video because they have such beautiful, man, beautiful pictures of the clouds and real clouds and stuff like that. And, you know, whoever made this video done an outstanding job with the dramatization and the visual aspects of this, this dramatization documentary movie about the book of Revelation. Very powerful. I'm going to get right back to it in its entirely, but I just want you to understand these two witnesses that's going to be coming, that's going to be happening in the uh, book of Revelation, you know, I think it's 11 and all that. Many people have speculation who these witnesses are. It doesn't matter. No, it really doesn't matter. But, you know, we are speculative people. We always just try to find out who's who, who's what, and stuff like that. Many people have their uh, beliefs that uh, it's Elijah, and Moses or Elijah and Enoch. That's the most famous beliefs that uh, many believers and theologians believe they are. But it leans more towards Elijah Elijah and Moses because of the things that they do, etc. But either way it go like this this um uh the one that's doing his dramatization, one of them was explaining God can use anybody. It doesn't have it does not have to be Elijah and Moses. So what I don't want you to think, I don't want you to be going out listening to this saying, yes, yeah, it's gonna be Elijah and Moses, because we do not know that. Nobody knows. The Bible does not the Bible is not specifically, you know, it doesn't specifically say who these two witnesses are. Why? Because I don't think that's a very big importance, because too many people, if we knew, if the Bible just went out and said it was Moses and Elijah or Moses or Enoch. We will put we, we a lot of us probably be putting too much into that. We probably be making people probably be celebrating these certain days. People probably be saying Moses and Elijah be coming back and they be, be making dramatization. They be making movies. Ain't no telling why God done that. But I can see people just doing all kind of things, even worshiping these two uh, witnesses before they even come back, even in the church. So it's God is a God of wisdom. He he has a reason why he did not mention their names. Now, I'm not saying it cannot be Moses or Elijah or even a Moses or Enoch. You know, I believe in my own opinion, you know, it's Elijah, Elijah and the Moses, but I don't know. It, 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 even if it's not, just like I believe the uh, Mystery Babylon is America. I can be wrong with that. It's just my opinion. I'm not saying it is. It's my opinion. I could be very wrong. And all of us have a lot of our opinions, but I just wanted to get that out there. Whoever the two witnesses are, they're going to raise havoc, man. They're going to be telling people to repent. Repent means change your mind, not change you know, sin will be counted against people again in the times of revelation the times of tribulation, I'm sorry your sins, if you in the tribulation period and you don't make it through the rapture of the church and you're still living, your sins will be counted against you again so therefore you will have to repent of your ways and change your mind because you will be getting you will be guilty of your sins again because the grace period will be gone the grace period will be gone when the church is gone the grace period is gone there's no more grace now there's God's wrath now the kingdom period is coming back the law will be coming back 
the, the, the new covenant would be coming back. They would be the, the 144,000. They would be the two witnesses. So you'd be going, it would be much, much, much harder to be saved then because the salvation and grace, you cannot get saved that way no more. You would not be able to be saved just believing what Jesus done in the tribulation period because the time of grace is gone. That period is no more. We'll be gone in the heavenly places. Okay, we will be going through our own judgment, which will be the judgment seat of Christ for rewards, not salvation, but for rewards. Okay, you know, I don't want to confuse you. So I want I want to get that out there. The church is not going to go through the tribulation. The body of Christ will not be going through this tribulation. This is only for the ones that will be left here. There will be another dispensation, which means it will be going back into the kingdom program. The tribulation is before the 1,000 year millennial reign of uh, the Jewish king, Jesus, the Messiah, the Yeshua. Okay, will come back and reign on earth for a thousand years. So therefore, there will be no more salvation based on what Jesus done like it, it is now. You will have to believe who Jesus was. You will have to believe in Jesus and believe that Jesus is your savior and your believe Jesus is your king and your Messiah, Gentiles and Jews. The witnesses will be going out. The Great Commission will come into fruition and they will go out to all the nations, 144,000. Listen carefully. Jews, the 144,000 Jews, pure Jews, no, no, no mixed Jews, nothing, pure Jews, 144 Bible column virgin Jews, pure Jews from each, from each tribe of the 12 tribes of Israel, okay, the 12 tribes of Judah, excuse me, there will be Jews going out and fulfilling the Great Commission, which was not fulfilled in time past because Israel uh, their uh, disobedience and their unbelief stopped it. So it will be fulfilled this time through the hundred and two witnesses that will, that will get killed, but they will be resurrected. And then you have the 44,000 all that going through there. That would be the Great Commission when the 144,000 Jews will go out to the different nations, the Gentile nations. <clears throat> And be, be, be witnessing to them about what? The kingdom, believing who Jesus was, belief, repent. All that will be coming back. Repent. Believe who Jesus was. See? Because it's not the grace period. It's a more tougher way to be saved, if I could put it plainly, in the tribulation period. And many, many will not be able to succeed because of the persecution, because of the beheading. Because of the uh, deception of the Antichrist, because he's going to have a lot of people follow him, then he's going to turn his back. He's going to break the treaty. He's going to do a lot of things. A lot of things. It's going to be so bad. You think you're going through something now, which is nothing. It's nothing going to be like the tribulation. So let me get back and finish the last part of the book of Revelation. Sam. Giddy up. Let's get right into it. How do you make money using artificial intelligence and tools? Try to tell you sometimes ads come in and it's all got something to do with making money, huh? <laughs> Let's get back to this. Verses 1 to 3. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. 
and cast him out into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal upon him, that he should deceive the nations no more, till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. We live in a world that is filled with uncertainty. Every day, conflicts are raging in the world. Neighbors argue with one another. Even family members argue with one another. There is so much distress, so much heartache, pain, and suffering. More and more, we are faced with circumstances that challenge our faith. Living in general can take a toll on you. Everyone you come across in life is in a battle of some kind. Someone said hello to you today with a smile on their face, but they cried themselves to sleep last night. Everyone is in some sort of battle. Some are battling for their health, others emotional pain, others heartache, others financial turmoil. Just know, everyone is dealing with some sort of turmoil. But that will one day change, according to the Bible. Close your eyes for a minute, and imagine that all the turmoil has come to an end. The conflicts have ceased, and there is no longer any more selfishness on the earth. There is no more pain, nor sorrow. This is not the temporary and deceitful three and a half years of peace that the Antichrist is foretold to usher during the great period of the Great Tribulation. No, we are beyond that. Satan has been bound. An angel of the Lord descends from heaven with the keys to the bottomless pit. Revelation 20, verse 2. He seized the dragon, that ancient serpent, who is the devil, or Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. But what happens beyond this point? What will the world look like when the devil is no longer here? The verse I have just read ushers in a millennium of reign by Jesus Christ, along with those of us who are his. We find in Revelation 20 that God mentions the millennium six times. From verse 2 to verse 7, God says 1,000 years. 1,000 years. 1,000 years. 1,000 years. And in three of those verses, he refers to this period of time as the thousand years. So, what happens during the 1,000-year time? Everything I mentioned at the start of this sermon will no longer be an issue. No one will be in a secret battle like they are in today. No one will be battling for their health. No one will be in emotional pain, or heartache, or financial turmoil. Wouldn't you trade this world for that world? The Bible tells us that if you die at 100 years old, you are considered a child. Have you ever come across any 100-year-old children in your lifetime? Isaiah 65 verse 20 no more shall an infant from there live but a few days, nor an old man who has not fulfilled his days. For the child shall die one hundred years old, but the sinner being one hundred years old shall be accursed.
but a transformation will have taken place under the reign of Jesus Christ. People will live incredibly longer, as they did in the days before the flood. No one in the Bible has ever lived a thousand years, but they will. Methuselah died at 969 years old. Jared died at 962 years old. Noah died at 950 years old. But during the millennial reign, people will live for a thousand years. Can you grasp that? People will ask each other, how old are you? And the person will reply, I am 456 years old. Imagine that. Can you imagine? Imagine that people will be living for a thousand years. You may say you wouldn't want to live for 1,000 years on this earth. Yes, you would. Because Jesus Christ would have returned on this earth and he would have established himself as king in Jerusalem. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologist recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin from makeup remover wipes to hydro boost water gel facial moisturizer. VJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd. Only at BJ's. Jesus will be in charge. He will be reigning over a world that accepts and acknowledges that he is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. A world that accepts him as the giver of life and him as the almighty, all-powerful God. A world that obeys his commands. The Bible tells us it will be a time of peace. Think about that. Peace will abound on this earth. No conflict between this nation and that nation. Peace will be the atmosphere of the earth. Not only peace, but joy. Unspeakable joy. Joy in its purest form. The joy of the Lord will go out on the face of this world. And there will be no devil. He will be locked up. I would swap this world for that world in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. The earth has never experienced anything like this. Actually, the only time anything close to this millennial reign is the Garden of Eden. Back before there was sin, all the injustices you see in the world is because of sin. Every heartbreak you have ever experienced is because of sin. Every tear you have ever cried, it is because of sin. All the sorrow you see in the world is because of sin. All of the failures you see in the nature of mankind is because of sin. Sin bringeth forth nothing but curses and death. So now the saints will be reigning with Jesus on earth, and the world will finally be practically in a state of utopia because Christ will be reigning. Magnificent things will happen during this period. 
the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 11 verses 1 to 10 saw a glimpse of the 1,000 years and offered a very clear picture of this future for us. Isaiah 11 verses 6 to 9. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the young goat, the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play by the cobra's hole, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the viper's den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord, as the waters cover the sea. What is described here is a complete change of the animal kingdom, a time when the nature of wild animals will be changed. A child will walk among them in safety with no fear. Imagine that. Lions will be friendly. Rhinos will be friendly. Society will be safer. Children will be able to play on the streets. My grandfather told me about how 90 years ago, he and his brother, when they were both seven, they literally walked across town to their grandparents' house. Just the two of them. Two kids walking alone. And he said, nowadays, you won't see that. You can't let your children out of your sight in this world. But when, in the millennial reign, you will. People won't have to lock their doors. Life will be lived without fear. People can walk home at night with no worry. All this will happen after the Great Tribulation. Look at what will happen to the Tribulation saints that will be saved during the Great Tribulation. Revelation 20 verse 4 And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. The tribulation saints are the saints that listen to the gospel message preached by the 144,000. These are the saints that listen to the gospel message preached by the two witnesses. These are the saints that listen to the gospel message preached by the three angels. These saints will reign with Christ. The millennial reign is coming. 2 Timothy 2 verse 12 If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. The saints will reign and rule with Christ in his kingdom. Let us cling to this great hope in our Lord and bolster our faith. The millennial reign with Christ is one such assurance that lies ahead of us that we must strain towards. It is a glorious vindication of our suffering today. Jesus Christ has already apprehended this for us, and likewise, he has apprehended us for it. We must forget the things which are behind us, our hardship, sufferings, sins, turmoil, conflicts, anxieties, distresses, stresses, ailments, fleshly desires, failures. All these things are behind us. There is laid up for us a period without these atrocities. John states, 
I saw thrones on which were seated those who had been given authority to judge. This emphasis on thrones is to be viewed as an assurance of a particular season of delicate reign. Jesus Christ has already given authority to us, but this period that we look forward to in hopefully exciting ways will be unprecedented. This period will be wonderful. We will no longer need faith because we will be able to see Christ Jesus as he reigns. Take hope, beloved, that we will reign with our Lord and Savior in this reality and in front of those who are alive at that time. The kingdom of the Lord will come to earth as it is in heaven for 1,000 years. Whether a literal number or a figure symbolizing a prolonged period, we must fix our eyes on the quality of this time. We must know in our hearts that we will be vindicated in this era. Oh, the bliss, the glorious bliss that will reconcile our faith in Christ with this faith in Christ. We will demonstrate in this period the fullness of our calling as a royal priesthood, a chosen people, and a holy nation. All the earth will call us blessed. Jesus will confer on us, his saints. Blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. Okay, that's, that's close to the end of book the book of Revelation. Now, that's when Satan is bound. You have about... 15 more minutes left in this, and I'm going to let it play out. Like, this is long, but I, I meant it to be long because you just can't keep doing 10 or 15 minutes of the book of Revelation and everything like that because you have to explain it. Now, what I want to do right now to put some clarity uh, of the narrator right here, that is going to be an awesome, beautiful time. You know, people talk about utopia. You hear a lot of people talking about <clears throat> utopia. You hear about the Great Reset. They're talking about the Great Utopia. They don't even comprehend, you know, of a heavenly utopia, whatever they want to call it, or nothing like that. They have no idea what peace on earth really is. Let me say this again. The ones that's trying to purge the earth now in their own way, trying to play God, depopulating people, wiping them out, and that's what they're doing with the vaccines and all this stuff and other in other ways. They're trying to do it that way. You got some evil people led by Satan, some sincere, but most are evil, that's trying to create their own utopia. But it would never be man cannot make a perfect, peaceless world. Why? Because of sin. Man can never usher in a peaceful world because they are sinners. They are sinners. They have a sin nature. Now, they are not being charged for sin, but they have a sin nature. God forgives them for their sins, but they still have a sin nature. Let me put that out there. Y'all know where I'm going. Okay? So, man will never be able to usher in this so-called utopia of peace. You can see that right now because we are so imperfect. Now, remember, what he's talking about now is after the uh, the seven-year tribulation. Jesus is now king of kings. He purged a true purge, not like the movies. This is a true purge, and it was bloody and, and nasty, too. He purged all the wickedness, 
off the earth before he came and down and started reigning on a thousand years on the earth. Now, remember now, the church is already in the heavenly places. We're going to be in the heavenly places. This is what I want to get straight right here. The church, the body of Christ, will not go through the tribulation. We will be caught up, taken away, the rapture of the church. We will be gone when the tribulation starts. Many uh, theologians and many believers are so confused with the church and the kingdom and uh, the program of Israel. But I'm not going to get into that. You know, I just want to, in clarity and to explain what he's talking about now is the millennium reign on earth after the tribulation and after Satan is bound for a thousand years. This will be the true utopia. Why? Because Jesus will be reigning as King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the Messiah, Israel's Messiah. He will also be the King and the a King over and the Messiah over the, the Gentile nations from the four corners that's going to be left. Now, I notice, you know, he said a lot of we would be doing this. We would not have to go through this. That's because I believe many people still cannot separate the body of Christ from the kingdom and the tribulation saints. They still put those two together. The body of Christ will not be reigning on earth. The body of Christ will be reigning in the heavenly places. Now, will we be able to go back and forth? Yes, I believe so. But the Bible does not say that. And you will notice anytime when you have, you don't separate the church, the body of Christ from the church and the tribulation saints, you put them all together. So you said they're going to, you just said the church is going to be gone in the rapture. But at the same time, you're still using the plural, uh, uh, we, you know, we. This is what we're going to be doing on earth. See, that means you're putting everything together. Now, I'm not doing this to put the narrator down or nothing like that. I am trying to explain rightly dividing. This was this is going to be a beautiful thing that's going to go on on the earth after Satan is bound for a thousand years. I think he's going to get into that later when Satan is let loose. That's why I mean it doesn't it does matter, but we have to understand when someone is teaching a book of Revelation and they are not rightly dividing the majority of what they talk about is so true. But if you don't rightly divide, you put the church, the body of Christ. And the tribulation, not that so much the tribulation saints, but you have everybody together and that becomes an issue and that, that brings confusion because remember, the church is a mystery. The church was hidden God's hidden wisdom. We are separated from the saints that's going to be reigning on the earth during after the tribulation period. Now, let me go back. Who are the saints of the tribulation period? Those the ones that made it through. Some might got beheaded. And some might just, you know, made it all the way through from hiding and all kind of stuff. Jews and Gentiles in that day. Those are the tribulation saints. Not us, not the body of Christ. Those are the ones that was left, got left from the rapture. And they had to be saved by believing and they had to endure to the end. Like the book of Matthew talks about. Those are those are the ones that had to endure to the end. They had to believe Jesus was their king. So they have to get persecuted. They have to get persecuted. They have to hide out and stuff like that. And they made it through either by 
being beheaded or either by just making it through. But by then, those are the tribulation saints. The tribulation saints are the ones that made it by believing Christ as their king made it through the seven-year tribulation. Okay? Not the ones that was raptured. These are the ones that was left after the rapture because they didn't believe what Jesus done. So they had to believe now who Jesus was because grace period is gone. The grace period is gone. When the church is gone, God's grace is gone. Sin is going to be charged again. He's coming down his wrath and God's anger is going to come down. There's not going to be no, what people been talking about in the grace period, why God ain't doing this, why God ain't doing this, why God ain't doing this. God is going to be doing that in the tribulation period. So he has not forget God will be doing what a lot of people say, why he's not doing it now. He wasn't doing it now because we under grace. He's giving people time to be saved and he's not charging no one with sin. But during the tribulation period, when grace is gone, Gone, that dispensation is gone now, so God is going to pull down his wrath because we're not under grace no more. His grace has stopped. His wrath has come now on the earth like it did in the days of Moses. He's pouring, I mean the days of Noah. But it ain't going to be for what? With water this time. It's going to be about fire and all kind of stuff. Worse than, worse than what happened in Egypt in the days of Moses. The wrath of God is coming down. Satan's wrath is going to be there as well because he's going to get kicked out of the heavenly places, you know, the uh, the second heavens. He's going to be on earth and stuff like that. So I don't want to get you confused. The tribulation saints are the ones that made it through the tribulation. They're the ones going to be reigning with Christ in a thousand year millennium. Age is going to be like it was back in the past before. Okay. Before. You know, sin took place. Now, let me let me explain that. This is very important. Let me explain that. There was no age time period in the time of Adam and Eve. There was no age or how old nobody was because there was no time period. There was everlasting of everlasting. You got that in the times of Adam and Eve. The age cycle started after Adam sinned and then Death came, death cut the everlasting away, and age cycles came. But it didn't happen, people didn't die right away. Remember, Adam died at 950-some years old. Uh, Methuselah was the oldest, 969. Noah was, I mean, uh, then there was Jared, the second oldest, 900. They was dying, but it was real slowly. It wasn't as fast and rapid as it is now. So it was taking place traditionally, but people live long, long age cycle started. People were still going down, dying because of death came. But you got to remember, look how long those people was living. And then when sin came, it was cut short. So they started dying, but they still lived a long, long time. Okay, because their body started dying, everything started dying. Not only human race, but grass, trees, animals, and everything. You got that part. Okay, that's how it's going to be in the millennium reign of Christ. Because God, Christ is going to deal with all the wickedness and sin, and age is going to do like, going to go reverse and do like it does, is going to repeat itself and go back like it used to be. That's why people will go live a long time. That's why a child will still be considered a child at 100 years old. See? Now, will there still be sin? That's the question. In the millennial reign of Christ, will there still be 
sin, would you still be able to sin? And the answer to that is yes. Yes, you still can choose to sin. Why? Because the sin nature is still. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologists recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost Water Gel Facial Moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd. Only at BJ's. Go down there. You just choose to obey God. See? The sin nature is still, even though Satan is bound. See? Satan is not the master of sin. Even though Satan is bound, that other problem is still there. What is that? Sin and death is still around. Sin and death so people will live longer. They will live a long time. But as long as you still have death, then they're still eventually going to die, but they will live longer. That's why they were saying some people go live for a thousand years. And he was making jokes about that. Man, how old are you, man? I'm 516 years old, man. I beat you by one. I'm 507. You know, it's funny, but it's true. People will live a long time. People will live a long time. There will be a lot of more peace. It will not be perfect peace yet until the fullness of times. Let me get into that. Perfect peace is not going to come until the new heaven and earth is made. Okay, because he's going to destroy heaven and earth and he's going to enter hell and sin and death will be through in the lake of fire. And you will not have perfect peace in a sinless world until death Hell and sin, well, mainly sin and death, get through in the lake of fire at the great white throne judgment. Okay? So long as it's sin, you're going to always have death. And you have still death because what? There is sin. So even in that beautiful, wonderful, so-called perfect millennial reign of Christ, people will still rebel. They're going to be, that's going to be proven where Satan finally get loosed after a thousand years. He's still going to be able to manipulate certain ones, you know, to follow him for his last battle. Okay, not the battle of Armageddon that already took place, but that last battle before, before God pulled down his reign of fire and wiped them all out. You know, I don't know too much about the, that deep part. I'm limited on that. But that's how it's going to happen. Okay, it would be that final battle. The battle of Armageddon It's not the final battle. It's when they're going to gather together and they're going to come to Jerusalem and God is going to wipe them down with, with reign of fire. That's the final battle. Then God is going to melt and destroy the old heaven and old earth because it's been cursed with the wicked fallen angels and stuff like that. So heaven and earth has been cursed. It had to be renewed for purity to come. So God would destroy the old heaven and he would destroy the old earth. I'm making it plain as I can. And he will make another heaven and a new earth. And the new Jerusalem as well will come down from heaven as the bride. 
Not the body of Christ. That's not the body of Christ coming down as the bride. It would be the new Jerusalem. So let me digress. The ones that this narrator is talking about is the tribulation saints that made it through the tribulation, not the body of Christ, because we're going to be in the heavenly places. What we're going to be doing at that time, we may be at the judgment seat of uh, the judgment seat of Christ, which is judged for our rewards, and we might have positions in heavenly places. You notice the Bible don't say much about what's going to be going on with the body of Christ in the heavenly places. So, so that leaves room for a lot of speculation, for a lot of theologians and a lot of people's speculations. We just do not know because the church is a mystery and it's not a lot of it's not a lot of things that's explaining the Bible. What are we going to be doing as the body of Christ in the heavenly places? Many believe, including myself, we're going to have different positions. We're going to have the positions that some of the fallen angels used to have. Does the Bible say that? No, the Bible does not say that. That is a speculation from us. So we don't know. Why do we speculate like that? Because the Bible only gives us limited information of what we're going to be doing in the heavenly places. But it gives more information on what's going to be going on going on in the millennial reign of Christ on earth. Why? Because that was prophesied. That was foretold. Not the hidden church, not the mystery church, not the body of Christ. You follow what I'm saying? So a lot of things that I will see in the heavenly places, I don't know. I would be surprised because it was not explained. It was not even explained what I would have to go through you and I before the capture in the church. I, I thought we wouldn't be here today going through the stuff we're going through now, but the Bible didn't say specifically that we wouldn't be going through nothing. So, you know, it's some things we're going through now that I thought we wouldn't be able to go through. I thought the church would be gone by now, but we're not, and we're going through a lot of struggles now. But it's not going to be the tribulation. It's not going to be nothing compared to the tribulation period. Let me go back. So the one, this is after after the tribulation period. So when he said we, it's going to be the wonderful things, whatever like that. That's because, <clears throat> that's because uh, many believers believe that we're going to be reigning on the earth. See, that's why they're saying we. And it's not so much evil like they're trying to separate it because it's just, it's a lack of rightly dividing the word of God. It's a lack of that, and only a few of us really know the difference between the body of Christ Church and the, and, and the tribulation saints and Israel on earth. It's only a few of us, just like it was back then with Apostle Paul, that knows the difference between the heavenly places and the earthly. God is going to have two realms, two realms operating, two governments operating, and the heavenly places, the body of Christ, and the tribulation saints and Israel, which is ruled. By, by the 12 tribes to be ruled by the 12 disciples. You will have Elijah, you have David, you have all of them on earth and the tribulation period. So there will be two different programs, two different kingdoms, the kingdom of grace and the kingdom of heaven on earth. See, that's what gets people confused because it's not a lot, it's not a lot of explanation or what's going to be going on in the heavenly places. That's why they put everything in one pot. They put the body of Christ and the tribulation saints and the millennial reign all together. But they know it's going to be a rapture, but they just get stuck. Okay, the church is going to come back with Jesus. Many believe that. They're going to come back with Jesus, and they're going to reign on the earth. Most believers believe that, but the Bible does not teach that when you learn how to rightly divide. Okay? So I wanted to get that out there. I don't want you to be confused. The body of Christ will be in the heavenly places 
and the, the, the tribulation saints and Israel will be ruling on earth. This is their utopia. Ours will be in the heavenly places of the body of Christ, okay? God has two programs. Jesus will reign over both programs, okay? Let me finish up. So, some of the things he might be saying, I don't agree with because of rightly dividing, but I don't want to get caught up with it. I just want to get that out there right now so you can understand what's going on. I'm going to play a little more, then going to be, I'm going to end it because it has been long. Okay, here we go. I might have to start this up again. Uh, okay, here we go. The book of Genesis tells you where mankind came from. And the book of Revelation reveals to you where mankind is headed. Our Heavenly Father, in his word has told us about the events that will occur in the end times. Notable and strange things that have never happened before are set to happen in the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation opens us up to the future and at the same time to eternity. Strange things, things that you and I have never seen before, things that the human mind cannot comprehend. Things that are not of this world are all set to occur in the book of Revelation. Angels are coming. Horsemen are coming. Cataclysmic events in which the world has never seen are in the book of Revelation. Celestial events which we have never seen before occur in the book of Revelation. There is no other book that shows us the collision of the spirit world and this world quite like the book of Revelation. Travel with me into the book of Revelation and off into eternity and let us look at some of the strange things that will happen in the book of Revelation. Travel with me past the seven seals, past the rider on the white horse who went out to conquering and to conquer. Past the rider on a red horse who brings war and bloodshed. Past the rider on a black horse who brings famine and scarcity on the earth. Past the rider on a pale horse who brings pestilence and death. Past the 144,000 who are sealed. Travel with me. Past the 30 minutes of silence in heaven, the book of Revelation tells us that there is a time coming that mankind has never seen before. The judgments in this book are so profound that they cause absolute silence in heaven for 30 minutes. Revelation 8 verses 1 to 3. When he opened up the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. And I saw seven angels who stand before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. Then the angel, having given the golden censer, came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense, that he should offer it with all prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. Verse 7, the first angel sounded, and hail and fire followed, mingled with blood, and they were thrown to the earth, and a third of the trees were burned up, and all the green grass was burned up. Verse 8, and the second angel sounded, and something like a great mountain 
burning with fire was thrown into the sea, and a third of the sea became blood. The judgments continue on in the book of Revelation, but let us continue past these judgments, past the angel with the little book, past the seven vows, past the great white throne judgment, and all the way up to the new heaven and the new earth. Revelation chapter 21, verse 1 to 7. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them, and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, no crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things have passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that a thirst of the fountain of water of life freely. Unusual things are scheduled to happen in the book of Revelation. According to Revelations 21, 1, we are walking toward a time in eternity when the creator God will make a total transformation of heaven and earth. The earth as we know it will no longer exist. Verses 2 and 3 says, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from heaven prepared as a bride adorned for a husband. Just imagine seeing that holy city coming down. My friends, words cannot describe how moved you will be when you see the new Jerusalem coming down from heaven. The holy city will literally be the biggest thing the most wonderful thing that you have ever seen. Revelation chapter 21, verse 15 and 16 says, And he that talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city, and the gates thereof, and the wall thereof, and the city lieth four square, and the length is as large as the breadth. And he measured the city with the reed, 
12,000 furlongs. The length and the breadth and the height of it are all equal. 12,000 furlongs translates to 1,500 miles. 1,500 miles. Put that into your mind. 1,500 miles. Do you understand how big the new Jerusalem will be? Commonly, when we think about this holy city, people tend not to understand how truly big and breathtaking the new Jerusalem will be. Its length, width, and height are all equal distances, and that is 1,500 miles. That means the holy city will go well beyond Earth's atmosphere, off into space. That is how big it will be. Listen, if a building, if a building was this high and it had 12 feet per story, the building would be over 600,000 stories. 600,000 stories. Look at the capacity of the new Jerusalem. It would be able to store 600,000 stories if each story was 12 feet high. The city will be bigger than we can imagine. The construction of the city cannot do anything except fascinate you and me. The walls are jasper, which is a clear crystal. The city staggers imagination. You see, if you superimpose the holy city on America, you, you would find that the holy city would literally take up over 50% or more of the ground of America. This city will be the largest thing we have ever seen. The city has 12 gates, three per side. Each gate is made out of pearls with an angel standing out of each gate. In this city, saints of the old covenant and the new covenant will be united. The 12 gates are identified with the 12 tribes of Israel and the 12 foundations with the 12 apostles. The 12 names here correspond with the original 12 apostles established after the ascension of Jesus Christ. John, Peter, James, Andrew, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, and so on. This tells me that these apostles were not average men. They were hand-picked, hand-picked, chosen, selected to go to the ends of the world, proclaim the gospel. And each of them did exactly that. And the foundation of this city will be the 12th apostle. On this new earth, the new Jerusalem, we all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. 
Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ, and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologist recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost Water Gel Facial Moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd, only at BJ's. God's abode will come down and God will dwell with his people. Words cannot describe how wonderful this will be. Your imagination cannot take you there. It simply can't. It simply can't. The things that you will see in this place, the peace that you experience in this city, you have no idea, absolutely no idea what is in store for the saints. Does this place not sound like home to you? Does this place not sound like home to you? A place with no more sorrow, that sounds a lot like home. A place with no more death, that sounds like home to me. Death is not allowed in this place. No more goodbyes, no more struggling, no more pain, no more sin. That sounds like home. A place where God will dwell with us. That sounds like a home to me. A city that big would be the center of attention, but it, it is not. Do you know what is the center of attention? God really stands out in Revelation 21 verses 1 to 7. Is that God is among us. He is our Lord and our protector and our sustainer. And he will dwell with his people. Human history begins in a garden and ends in a city like a paradise. Human history begins with perfect communion with God. And it also ends that way. Look at verse 3 in Revelation 21. Three times, three times we find the term with them. It is as if God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are all telling us that they will be with us. Look, three times, it states, it states, and I heard a voice from heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself shall be with them and be their God. God will be with you throughout all of eternity. Reading Revelation 21 reminds me of what the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ said to the disciples in John 14. I read this passage anytime when I'm overwhelmed with life because it reminds me no matter how difficult the journey is on this earth, the road leads home. John 14 let not your hearts be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. 
And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. I will come again. And there you go. Wow. The book of Revelation in a nutshell. Like I said, it wasn't verse by verse. It wasn't meant to be verse by verse because it, it would it would take days, weeks maybe to really break down the book of Revelation. Okay? So there is in a nutshell the book of Revelation. Okay? Now when I opened up earlier I said many theologians, many churchgoers, many believers differ about certain things in the book of Revelations, differ about the church body of Christ. You have your pre, pre-rapture people that believe that the rapture is going to take place before the tribulation. That's a belief I believe in as well. You have the mid-wrath believers. The mid-wrath believes that the church will have to go through three and a half years of tribulation. Not the whole seven, but at least three and a half years. And then the rapture of the church is going to take place. That's the mid-trib. That's the mid-wrath believer, or that some people call it post-believers. Then you got the last, you got, you got the uh uh, the believers that believe that, you know, the church is going to go through the whole tribulation and they will be raptured or resurrected after the tribulation and reign in the millennium kingdom. So you have those three different beliefs when it comes to the book of Revelation. So that becomes an issue. So it depends who's teaching you. It depends what ideology and what belief that they believe in that you're going to get your knowledge out of the book of Revelation. Pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib, or post-trib. Pre-wrath, before the uh, book of Revelation, which I believe is is the, the, uh, the correct way to break down the rapture. I don't believe we're going to go through the three and a half years of the rapture. The Bible doesn't teach that, or it doesn't, most definitely doesn't teach that you have to go through the seven-year tribulation. And that's the point God lied then. So you have to under you have to differentiate and understand. The way to understand the book of Revelation is you must understand the rapture. Let me say that again. In order for you to really understand the book of Revelation, pertaining to the church, not the people that's not saved, but pertaining to the church, you must understand the rapture, the catching away of the church. And the only way you can understand that is through the teachings of the Apostle Paul. Why is that? Because the Apostle Paul is the only one that teaches on the rapture. The Apostle Paul is the only one that teaches on the body of Christ, saints. The Apostle Paul is the only one teaches on the only way you can be saved is believing what Jesus did. He died, buried, and rose again for salvation. The Peter and they taught about his death, burial, resurrection, not because of salvation. It was more for because of indictment against their own people to Israel. Paul taught it for salvation of salvation. So for uh for the body of church. The body of Christ is Jews and Gentiles, mainly. Gentiles, mainly Gentiles, but it's 
everyone the body of Christ. And the kingdom church under Peter was mainly Jews with very few Gentiles. You see the difference. You see that. So when you read the book of Revelation and you kind of, you're, you're just say, you believe in the rapture of the church. You believe in the pre-trib rapture of the church. Okay? You believe the church is not going to go through the tribulation, so you are considered as name-calling pre-rapture. You believe the church is going to be gone before the rapture, of, before the tribulation period. You know? But what you get stuck on, this is what many believers and many denominations get stuck on, is when Christ come back and do his deed and reign on the church, many churches teach that that when he said Christ will come back with his saints, many believers, and I used to believe that too, believe those were the church coming back with Christ, the body of Christ coming back, or the church coming back with Christ, and we're going to be reigning with him in the millennium kingdom. See? But if you go through several books, and I will do a, somewhat of a teaching on that, that when Christ come back, he's going to come back with his holy angels. There's many scriptures in there proving that the ones that's coming back with Christ is to do their duty and do their purging is the holy angels. It's his angels. Somewhat saints too. His angels is also called the elect. Coming back with the elect. It's the angels. They will be coming back, not the body of Christ. See, that's the confusion. When they said, uh, the uh, the new Jerusalem will be coming down as a bride. They they look at the church, the body of Christ, as the bride of Christ. No, the Bible does not teach that. See, as a matter of fact, the Book of Revelation, says, King James says, as a bride, just as a bride. That's the only term is really used at when it comes to bride. As a bride, the new Jerusalem is going to come down on earth. Okay. As a bride, not the church, not the body of Christ is going to be the city is the is the so-called bride. But it says as a bride, not specifically the bride, but as a bride is coming down. That's the new city that's coming down, not the church, not the body of Christ. So that's 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 the the. the uh the problem, the issue when you're reading the book of Revelation. If you don't know the teachings of Paul, if you don't separate the teachings of Paul from Peter, James, John, especially John and all that, you will put it all together. And you also notice this, and this is not a put down on the ones that believe this. You know, this is not a put down. I'm just letting you know how to rightly divide so you won't be confused. You notice when the book of Revelation, I'm going to, I'm not going to say the narrators, but the book of Revelation itself, when it talks about who's going to be reigning there, it even talks about Elijah, it talks about King David, it talks about when Jesus said the 12 uh uh, disciples, apostles will be ruling over the 12 tribes of Israel. You notice the revelation breakdowns all that, all that, but you notice one person they don't mention ever is Paul. Where's Paul in the kingdom reign? Why the apostle Paul is never mentioned? You, you hear about the tribulation saints, you hear about the 12, you know, the uh, apostles, you hear about even King David. 
you hear about, you know, Abraham, all of them are going to be reigning on this millennial kingdom, but you never hear nothing about Paul. Did you ever notice that if you're a Bible reader? Paul is never mentioned at all. Why? Is not Paul in heaven? Why is Paul not mentioned? I'm going to tell you why Paul is not mentioned. Listen carefully. Because Paul is in the heavenly places with the body of Christ. Let me say this again. Paul is not rich and Paul is not the 13th apostle. Paul would be reigning in the heavenly places with the rest of us, the body of Christ. That's why Paul is never mentioned in the book of Revelation. You don't hear nothing about Paul. Because he's going to be in the heavenly places. And I believe he's going to, I believe, my opinion, he's going to have a very top high ranking in the heavenly places. Well, we, the body of Christ, is going to be reigning. So if you never noticed that, even what the narrator was saying, he was naming names and talking about the 12, he mentioned their names, but you notice, and I don't even know he even paid attention to that Paul was not even mentioned. What happened to Paul? Why you don't hear nothing about Paul in the book of Revelation, leading up to the book of Revelation? You don't hear Paul. Paul just fades out, disappears all of a sudden. Hmm, interesting. Think about that. Think about that. You don't hear the talk of body of Christ in the book of Revelation. Not one about the body of Christ. You don't hear that term body of Christ in the book of Revelation at all. You hear the tribulation saints. You hear the church. You hear Israel, Jerusalem. You know, you hear the nations. But do you hear anything about the body of Christ? Be honest with yourself. Read it over and over and over. I bet you don't hear nothing about the body of Christ in the book of Revelation. You know, I bet you, I can, you, bet you don't hear nothing about the body of Christ in the book of James, the body of Christ in any John's books, any other fire, the body of Christ in Peter. I'm not saying the body itself. I'm talking about the body of Christ. You ever wonder why? Two different programs. That's why you only hear about the body of Christ and the teachings of Paul. You only hear about the breakdown of the catching away of the church, the rapture, and Paul's teachings, 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, and the Corinthians. You only hear about the rapture of the church out of the teachings of Paul because the body of Christ Listen carefully, and I'm going to leave you with this. I had to get this out there because the body of Christ and the kingdom of heaven church are two different programs. Two different programs. That's why you don't hear nothing about the body of Christ. That name. You don't hear Paul's. Well, Paul will be in. Anybody? Paul wrote 21 percent. 21 percent of the Bible. Thirteen letters the Apostle Paul wrote, and you don't hear nothing about him having a position on the earthly reign. You would say, wow, why not? Because he's part of the body of Christ. He would be reigning in the heavenly places. It just seems like Paul disappears when it comes to the teachings of Peter, James, John. You don't hear nothing about Paul. Why? You ever, you ever wondered? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make you think about this so you can get in your head, so you get in your heart. There's a reason. Because the body of Christ 
and the kingdom on earth saints are different. You're going to have two programs. The body of Christ, the Grace Church, is going to reign in the heavenly places, whatever that said, in the heavenly places. The past saints, the tribulation saints, the kingdom, and all of them will be reigning on earth. This is what he's talking about. All this beautiful stuff is for the saints on earth. Now, will we be going, be able to visit down here, whatever? I'm sure, no doubt. But the Bible does not say it, so I'm not going to stretch it. I just know we will be in the heavenly places. There will be two programs, and God and Jesus will rule over both. Just like he was in the heavens when the angels was up there. We still have angels. Why would Paul say we would be judging angels? Now, what in particular that mean? I don't know. But Paul said, or how? I don't know. I don't like to add nothing to that, but we will be judging angels. We're going to be a little higher than the angels in the heavenly places. And what do you, what do the angels reign in the heavenly places? Not on earth. You have to read the Bible somewhat literally when you have to separate, you have to learn how to rightly divide God's word. That's why I put emphasis a lot on rightly divide. I had to learn it. I had to understand it because the Bible, even though I understood the Bible like I thought I did, and I, I found out I didn't know more than what I, uh, I, I thought. I didn't really know nothing because I didn't know how to rightly divide. And once I learned how to rightly divide and connect the dots, the Bible became more plain and simple. I said, oh, wow. I learned how to rightly divide God's beautiful plan. You would never see the hidden wisdom in God's beautiful chart or map and until you learn how to rightly divide God's word and read God's word, especially the King James Bible. Satan brung out a lot of wicked perversion of the Bibles, and I'm not talking about other translations, all of them, but it's a lot of wicked translation that will make you think that everything is in one pot and every the churches and, and uh, everybody's going to reign on earth. No. Why? Another thing I'm leaving with this. Why do you think that uh, Peter and Eminem and most of the past says never talked about going to We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions. And it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions. And yet there he is suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors built with aerospace precision deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother and even son can enjoy eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologists recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost Water Gel Facial Moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd. Only at BJ's. Heaven. Why do you think they never talked about going to heaven? Because they knew their kingdom was going to be set up on earth. They never prayed to go to heaven. 
even when they, Jesus taught them how to pray, our Father, which art in heaven, Hollywood be thy name, thou kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The king, that he's telling them the kingdom is coming down on earth just like it is in heaven. So it's, you have the kingdom of heaven now and the heavenly places is going to come down on earth for the kingdom program. The saints, past saints, they never prayed about going to heaven. They was praying about setting up their kingdom on earth. Even in Acts 1, they asked Jesus, at this time, Lord, will you be setting up the kingdom of heaven here on earth? Their mind was always earthly set for their new kingdom. They was looking for their new kingdom, which was ran by King David. See, these things you must understand. So this utopia, people call this, the pearly gates and all this, that's the millennium reign on earth. Okay? So I wanted to get that out there so you won't be confused. We, if you are saved today, are part of the body of Christ. You will be in the heavenly places before the tribulation. We will not be in this kingdom. We will not be in the pearly gates and the streets of gold. We'll be in some place even better that we can't even comprehend. We're going to be in the heavenly places. But we so earthly minded with the kingdom. Many, the majority of the church think that the millennial reign, the pearly gates and all that is heaven. They think that's heaven. I can talk to people today. They talk about the pearly gates and the streets of gold. They think it's heaven. No, that's the earthly kingdom. The Bible does not explain heavenly. You get the little glimpses of heaven with the 24 elders and stuff like that. You hear Paul's glimpse of heaven, that it was so much things he can even understand. That's the only little bit you get of heaven itself. There's not a lot of explanation about the heavenly places because it was a mystery hitting God, okay? So I wanted to get that out there. And the only way you can understand that if you understand the teachings of Paul's 13 letters. That's where you get that teaching from. You don't get that teaching from nowhere else but from Paul's letters. Anything in the book of Revelation or whatever like that, they're teaching earthly kingdom. When he's talking about the tribulation, Paul mentions the day of the Lord but not for the body of Christ. He just mentioned there's a time coming, not for the church, the body of Christ, not under the grace period, okay? Now, I'm going a long time, but I want you to, anytime you hear somebody teaching on, now, what he's saying is all true. Those things are going to be in the millennium reign of Christ. But I want you to just understand what he's saying, we 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 going to be walked in now now we might be going back and forth i don't know but at the same time why would we want to go back and forth when we might we're going to be somewhere better in the heavenly places which i believe is going to be better than the streets of gold and the pearly grace and everything even the bible teaches that the promises that the body of christ have now is better than the israel's no program it's better God wanted to provoke them to jealousy for the Gentiles. So I know we ain't going to be able to comprehend how well we're going to be in the heavenly places. We so earthly focus on the kingdom, we think that's heaven and it's not heaven. The Bible don't teach that the pearly grace and all that is heaven. It might be a replica of the way heaven is. But does the Bible say that? No. We don't understand the powerfulness and the broadness of God. 
We don't understand how God can make things so awesome. Even though how beautiful the kingdom of heaven sound on earth, pearly gates, people living forever and ever and stuff like that. And that's only through the millennial kingdom. Whatever like that, we so focused on that, we have no idea how it's going to be for the body of Christ in the heavenly places. Even better. I'm going to leave you with that. So that's something to think about. You're going to only get that from Apostle Paul, his teachers, and his books. All right? Now, you you hear about this beautiful thing that's going to be in the tribula- after the tribulation. That's a beautiful thing. You're going to get people going to, a lot of people will live up to be a thousand years old and they're going to be ushered in into the fullness of times. That's when God sent down a new heaven and a new earth and destroyed the old one because it has to be destroyed because of sin. And sin and death will get through in the lake of fire. Then there will be no more sin. There will be no more death. Okay? Well, sin is gone. Death goes with it because sin brought in death from the Garden of Eden. So when sin gone, death is gone. Hell and all that's going to be thrown in the lake of fire. There's not going to be no need for that no more. There's going to be the newness of newness. All that is going to be gone. No more sin. No more death. That's why you're going to live. People will be living forever. That's why we're going to live forever because there's going to be no more death. No more death. We live forever at the day of the rapture. There's going to be no death, more death for us. But our bodies dies now because of sin and because of death. Sin brings death. Okay. When he was saying why people sick or why people sad, and you can blame mama, you can blame your boyfriend, you can blame anybody you want, but all of it is because of sin. All mishaps and sadness is because of sin. All anger is because of sin. All theft is because of sin. All murders because of sin. All deception is because of sin. Sin, sin, sin. That's even manipulated more because of who? Satan. But it's basically sin. Satan just manipulates it. So that's why when Satan even bowed, people were still going to sin because sin is still out there, even in the millennial kingdom. Not like it is, you know, now, but it is, people still can sin. And it's going to be proven. God, I believe he's showing how powerful sin was, even though Satan, when you flip Wilson used to use that phrase, the devil made me do it, it won't be no excuse for you to say the devil made you do it, because he's going to be locked up in the bottomless pit for a thousand years, and you still can make a choice to act stupid and ignorant. It's not going to be as easy because Jesus will be reigning, but you still can sin because you're still in that same nature. Until the sin nature has been redeemed, until sin and get through in a lake of fire with death, then perfectness is now. Not the millennium kingdom, but perfectness is going into the fullness of times. I know this, that takes a lot to swallow, but that's what you learn when you learn how to rightly divide. See? Okay. You probably said, wow, I cannot wait till that happen with me. Do you know what you're saying when you say that? I cannot wait to see the pearly gates and walk on the streets of gold. I can't wait to say that. I understand you don't understand. I understand it's out of ignorance. Now, let me tell you what you're saying without even saying. You're saying that you have to go through the tribulation, Dan. In order for you to see the pearly gates and the streets of gold and live that long time on earth, you will have to make it through the tribulation. It's not automatic. 
because it still has to be saved. So even then, what he's talking about, those are ones that made it through. Not for everybody just period on earth. Many, many, many will not make it through. They're going to rebel. They're going to give up. And they will not endure. Like the Bible says, you must be able to endure in the tribulation period. And many will not. So they will not see the pearly gates. They will have to face the great white, white, great white throne judgment and the lake of fire. So that beautiful thing is wonderful. It's a wonderful, beautiful thing if you are able to endure and make it through. And it's going to be very, very, very hard. And I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You're going to have to go through some hiding and whatever because you will get persecuted. There will be mandatory things that they will cut off your head. They will be killing in the streets. You'll see wicked signs and wonders. You ain't going to know what's true from false. You think it's bad. Now, wait until then. You will have to see your child, your kid, if you have children in that time. Remember, a thousand years is coming. Remember, there's going to be seven years and sins will be added on you again. You have to make it and endure to the seven years in order to reign with Christ in the millennium kingdom. You got to make it through. And those years are going to seem so long because it's going to be so much evil. So... You don't want to have to want to. You don't want to walk the pearly gates. You don't want to. You don't want to see the streets of gold. You want to be tucking away and there's something even better to have you places before that even happened. So don't think like that. I'm letting you know you're not. When you talk about oh, the pearly gates, I know you don't understand. The pearly gates is not the heavenly places. The streets of gold is not the heavenly places. The heavenly places where the body of Christ is better. The heavenly Christ's, uh, uh, the kingdom of heaven is talking about the uh, the new kingdom of heaven on earth, the millennial reign of Christ on earth. That's not heaven. It's earth. Read it over and over. It's not going to change to heaven. It's heaven on earth. That's the heaven you're talking about. But you don't want to have to wait and see could you make it to get to that. The salvation that got you saved today is not for you to reign on earth in the pearly gates. Let me say that again. The salvation, if you are saved, that you got saved today with, is not for you to reign on earth in the kingdom of heaven and the pearly gates and the streets of gold and playing with lions and lambs and stuff like that. No, the salvation for you today, if you're truly saved, is for you to be caught up in the rapture. Then you don't have to go through the tribulation because you will be in the heavenly places. A lot of you probably shocked. No, the kingdom of heaven and pearly gates is the heaven on earth. It's not the heavenly places where the body of Christ under the grace period, under the teachings of the Apostle Paul, is going to be at in the heavenly places. That's the importance of rightly dividing the word of God. Many will, many will disagree with this. I know that. I know because they're traditional denominational teachers and belief will block out any right way to divide. They will block it out because they have been told and they've been manipulated even by the enemy that their heavenly places is the kingdom reign on earth with the pearly gates and all that stuff. It's taught in churches everywhere. And it's sad. And it's sad. Okay? 
You don't know. You sitting up here if you're saved and truly saved. I'm sorry. The Lord is going to get you. You're not going through. You're not going to be able to see in order for you to even know or go through and see the pearl. Now, you might have some similar things in the heavenly places, but what the Bible is talking about is not talking about the heavenly places. It's talking about the heaven on earth, the kingdom on earth, the millennium thousand year reign of Christ. If you believe in that, the millennium thousand, literal, literal, not spiritual, but this is a literal, physical thousand year reign of Christ on earth earth that's been promised from thousands of years ago. Okay? It's been prophesied, foretold. So this is going to happen. Okay? But in order for a person to get to the pearly gates, let me put it plainly, you will have to go through the tribulation. And many will not be able to go through that. It's almost like joining the Navy SEALs. I think they say about I'm not, 300 can join the Navy SEALs and maybe only 10 or 20 make it. That's how hard it's going to be. And you know just how the Navy SEALs and the Green Beret, that type of train. I know more about the Navy SEALs. This has going to be in the tribulation period if you don't be saved today. Then you're going into another salvation cycle. You can't get saved by just believing by faith no more like you can today. How easy it is just believing by faith of what Jesus has done. You have to, only way you can go to heaven in the tribulation period is going back to works. It's what you do and who you believe in. So you have to keep believing to hold on to your salvation or you can lose your salvation again in the tribulation period. While you cannot lose your salvation under grace, you can only lose it in the tribulation period, which will be bad. And your sins will be counted against you. They're not counted against you now, thank God, praise God, but they will be counted against you if you go through the tribulation, if you don't get raptured. And you don't want to go through no tribulation just to get to the pearly gates because the majority of you will not make it. You can't even deal with what's going on now. How are you going to make it through the tribulation? Let me say that again. You can't even deal with, what, with what's going on now. How are you going to make it through the tribulation, which Jesus himself is going to be, said himself is going to be the worst thing that any man ever went through. How are you going to be able to see all what's going on in tribulation? You can't deal with the little stuff now. You can't. Most won't. Some will because the Bible says. The tribulation saints, some will, but most won't. It would be very few. Narrow. Remember that narrow speech Jesus gave? He was talking about the tribulation period. He was talking about the, uh, the kingdom on earth. See, hell is broad. Heaven, heaven is narrow. He was talking about the kingdom on earth. Remember? He wasn't talking about the body of Christ or the mystery because there was hidden in God. They didn't know nothing about that. So everything was taught that was taught in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And before, he's talking about the kingdom program on earth, not the body of Christ. It's not even mentioned in the four gospels. The body of Christ is not quiet. There's no body of Christ. It was hidden in God. Only one teaches the body of Christ and was real was the Apostle Paul. That's what you must understand. You can't take Paul out of the Bible. Paul wrote 21% of the Bible, 13 books. How are you going to take Paul out? Because you disagree. Then you disagree with the teachings of Jesus. Wow, oh, man. Okay.
The way to be saved today is believing what Jesus done, his death, burial, and resurrection, according to 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4. I know this is long, but I want people to hear me. Hear me. I love listening to the book of Revelation. I love reading out of the Old Testament. I love reading out of the book of Revelation. But I know that's not for me. That's just history for me to know what happened to Israel. Because it's all about 90-something, 95% of the book is about Israel, I believe. You know, might be less than that, 90-95%. But it's a beautiful to know about the history. What could have happened if Israel obeyed? But thank God they didn't obey. That opened the doors for grace. That grafted in the Gentiles. Not the body of Christ, but the Gentiles. Okay? So we need to understand that. We need to understand that. See? Gentiles don't mean body of Christ. Body of Christ is Jews and Gentiles. I don't want nobody to get confused when you read Romans. Gentiles don't mean when Paul talked about Gentiles, he's not talking about the body of Christ. He's just talking about the different nations, okay? About the graphs at the end. He's talking about the Gentiles. It's a wave now, not the body of Christ, okay? So you got to understand that. The way of salvation is believing what Jesus has done is death, burial, and resurrection. This is Joseph Brownlee, Body of Christ, Real Talk. I hope you enjoy the teaching of the book of Revelation. Beautiful, outstanding, true teaching of what's going to happen in the, during the tribulation period and after. Beautiful thing. Wow. The book of Revelation. The rain on earth. God bless y'all. Love y'all. Peace out. Bye-bye. Left our baby. know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions and it's because that occasional shave really hurts it's the time of year for big occasions and yet there he is suffering with that cheap drugstore razor let's help him out henson shavings line of razors built with aerospace precision deliver a smooth shave your dad brother and even son can enjoy eventually with replacement blades just 10 cents each you'll buy it once and they'll use it for life how's that for the perfect gift Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday.